0: This is come and see from St. Andrew's Anglican Church for April twenty second, 2012. The Gospel is taken from the book of Luke, chapter 24, verses 36 through 48. The message is by Father Ron Baird. That's really the theme of all of the books that John wrote. I mean, you have the Gospel of John, the three epistles of John, the revelation of John, and this theme of light and darkness show up in all of them. And it's, it's pretty clear that to walk in the light is to be revealed, and to walk in the darkness is to hide, to be hidden. But it really is at the heart of what John is talking about in the epistle. Last week we heard you know, the, the phrase that um, if anyone claims to have fellowship with God um, but sins then they are a liar. But if anyone sins, uh, we, if anyone says that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. So this week, chapter 3, we come to this other verse that says, if anyone sins, then they have no part of Christ in them. They have never seen him or known him. Now doesn't that seem confusing? One of the things I love about the, the what's called the Johannine Corpus, the body of work that John has, is that it, it it's some real meat to it. I mean it's some stuff that you really have to work at to to um to understand. For a long time when I was young, I used to think See, that's just proof. you know. And here, one, chapter 1, he says that if you know, anyone says they have no sin, they deceive themselves and the truth is not in them. And then on the other hand, he says in chapter 3, that if anyone sins, they have no part in Christ. They've never seen him or known him. Obviously, it contradicts itself. Right? Two chapters. Until a revelation came to me that perhaps I shouldn't sit in judgment, but rather let uh, Scripture sit in judgment of me rather than me sitting in judgment of it. See, and when I approached it as though, does this make sense to me, then I was the arbiter. When I approached it as that it's true, do I understand it, it becomes the arbiter of what is really true. So how do you reconcile that then? How do those things go together? Well, it's one of the problems we have of living in, in a modern world. We don't speak Greek, do we? Anybody here speak Greek. If you look at the Greek, um, it's actually um, the same root word, but two different words are being used in those two chapters. The first word means that if anyone has sinned, it says that I've never sinned, then they deceive themselves and the truth is not in them. In chapter 3, it says if anyone sins, and a, a best way to translate would be to say, if anyone sins and keeps on sinning, or if anyone sins and embraces it, lives into it, owns it, loves it, then they have no part in Christ. It's not to say that Christians never sin. It's to say that Christians don't embrace their sin. They don't revel in their sin. They don't wallow in their sin. what you say in the South, waller. They don't enjoy it. They don't make excuses for it. They don't justify it. They may know that they sin, but they repent of it and say, I don't want to be a sinner. I want to, I want to do the right thing. Even, even if they fall into it again, they certainly don't go running to it to embrace it. And yet, all too often, that's what the church has come to look like, isn't it? Is a group of people that say one thing but do something else altogether? You know, that, that claim one thing but in reality, you know, speak differently when there aren't people around or when people at church won't notice it? And that's why I asked that question do you walk in light or do you walk in darkness? Are you what you see is what you get? Or Is there a side of you that people don't really know, that you wouldn't want to be revealed? Are there things about you that you wouldn't want people to know that you were doing? Are there things you wouldn't want your parents to know that you did? You know, if you think back on it, that's really back at the root of the whole problem, isn't it? If you go back to the Garden of Eden... You remember what happened when um, Adam and Eve ate off of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? Well, first of all, what did they realize with this brilliant knowledge they'd come up with? They had no clothes on. I mean, that's got to be the biggest fashion faux pas in history. My goodness, this isn't in style. I've got no clothes on. So what did they do? They didn't get leaves, actually. They hid. God made them the leaves, you know, to wear. They hid. Why would they hide? Who are they hiding from? Why would they be ashamed? They didn't want him to know, did they? You ever find yourself saying things to people that you wouldn't say to their about people that you wouldn't say to their face? That's what living in darkness is like. And I have to tell you, for me, that was a hard one to learn to be just who I am because I'm from the South. And in the South, that's called impolite. You know, you were never rude to people in the South. If somebody, you know, comes up, I don't care who they are, you respect them to their face. And if you want to talk about them, wait till they leave. And then you talk about them. And, if, and to do otherwise is not polite. And I had to unlearn that because, I mean, it's ingrained in it. Because a lot of times, if you say things to people that they don't want to hear, what happens? They get what? Angry. They get offended. They don't like it. And so, people don't like for you to say things that they don't want to know. And all too often, what we do is we just... Keep our mouth shut. We'll tell somebody else, but we won't tell them. And the church has become one of the worst places that it happens. Maybe that's just because we are one of the places where people gather. I suspect it happens in any group that's out there. But does it go on in the workplace? Do people at your workplace ever talk about your boss? Do they ever say things that the boss doesn't know that they're saying? See, that's living in darkness. And there's a problem with living in darkness. When we live in the dark, what happens? Yeah, you stumble, you fall down, you run into things. You get hurt. Bad things happen. And yet, over and over again, we choose to live in the dark. It's almost like the Star Wars movie. Remember Star Wars? The dark side of the forest, Luke. I mean, we really do kind of have this sense of that the dark side is more powerful. Um, That it'll somehow or other change us. or It won't hurt if they don't know it. Back when I was younger, when smoking was more acceptable than it is today, um, I can remember the first time I tried a cigarette. Now, I never told my parents about it. Imagine if you went to try a cigarette when you were a teenager in the 60s, 70s, and you went to your parents and said, I'd like to try a cigarette. We'd never do that, would we? We'd do it in the dark. We don't want them to know. That would be bad. That would be terrible. One of the things I do to really freak out parents of young teenagers when they start dating seriously is I really harass them. I said, you don't, like, you don't think that that boy's girlfriend's sticking her tongue in his mouth, do you? They go, oh, 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 I don't want to know that. I don't want to know that. And these same people later on go, I want grandkids. I want grandkids. I keep thinking, how the heck do you think you got them? I mean, (laughs) I don't want to know. I want it to be in the dark. Hide it. Put it away. One of the things that's happened in our society is that has caused us to be so broken is, is the downfall of the extended family unit. It used to be in a more agrarian society, even in small towns, you used to have parents and grandparents, sometimes great-grandparents, all lived in close proximity, either next door, or across the street, or sometimes even in the same house. And there may have been things that you couldn't really go tell your parents because they were supposed to make sure you didn't do things like that. So you went and told Grandpa. Because Grandpa understood. I mean, he'd been there, you know. He'd seen your parents do dumb things, you know. And he didn't get so bent out of shape about it. He'd go, yeah, that's really dumb. (laughs) But he didn't have that same sense of burden of, of correcting you and making sure you did it right. And so suddenly there was actually an adult that you could talk to about these things who could help you work your way through it. And they'd lived long enough that they'd probably seen enough that they weren't really all that shocked anymore. And that's the problem we have today, though, is that we don't do that. We don't even live in a a town anymore where people know the things we do on a daily basis. You know, when I was a kid, you couldn't really get in very much trouble because your parents would find out before you got home. I mean, you couldn't run that fast or ride your bike that fast. I mean, they would know about it. Somebody would call them. Nowadays, I don't even know if people know who the kids are that live in the houses around them anymore. We we've just become so anonymous. And now we've even invented a a better way to do it. It's called the internet. I'm amazed at things that people put on Facebook and in chat rooms. I mean, it's like, do you realize this is going down in history? I mean, this there's a record of this forever and ever. I mean, are you crazy? It's like people don't realize that their stream of consciousness doesn't have to be explored fully, and they think they're 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 doing it anonymously, and that nobody knows because right <laughs> who wants your facebook password right i mean we we seem to think that people won't know because after all we're sitting at home by ourselves with our laptop and there's nobody else around, is there? How would anybody find out? Of course, it's gone all over the world, but how would anybody find out? Because we've come to believe that the darkness protects us and that we can hide. But just like Adam and Eve, you can't really hide. Sooner or later, all will be revealed. And it's when we live in darkness, that we become liars and have no part in Christ because Christ does not live in darkness. Do you remember what he said when they arrested him and took him before the chief priests, and they said, so tell us, are you the king of the Jews? Are you the Messiah? Are you the Holy One of God? And that's when he went to Pilate. But when he went to the Jews, he said, why are you asking me? Ask the people who I have been talking to. I have always spoke openly in the temple and the synagogues. Ask them. Could somebody say that about you? I mean, could you say it about yourself? That I say what I mean and I mean what I say? That there's no darkness there? That I don't try to hide and pretend that I'm something I'm not? You know, and if I have something to say about my boss, I'll tell him? Probably not. Matter of fact, in today's society, You probably wouldn't even be accepted if you did that. What would happen if you really told your boss? You might, depending on the boss, you might get fired. And yet, that's not anything new. Did you see what John says in the epistle today? He says, do not be surprised if the world does not know you. They did not know him who sent you. They don't even recognize righteousness anymore. And so, we have to make a decision. Do we want to live in the light or do we want to live in the dark? Now, here's the problem. You can live in the dark for a long time and people won't know. I mean, it it works temporarily. But the problem is, what happens when it doesn't work anymore? I mean, you can go to Cartagena as a Secret Service agent and throw a party. Which is fine as long as nobody knows, right? Well, what happens if they find out? I mean, you can make videos if you're in the GSA. But what happens if they find out? It's all great fun until then, isn't it? Oh, nobody will ever know. That's the number one lie Satan tells all of us. Nobody will ever know. But let me tell you what really happens. Ultimately, it's only a matter of When? but it will happen. Have you ever been in a completely dark room and somebody walks in and turns on the light on you? What happens? It hurts, doesn't it? You're like, "Oh man." I mean, it's it's totally disorienting. You can't see anything, you know, what's going on, and it could possibly even be painful if your eyes are open wide enough, I mean because your pupils are contracted, you know, big. That's exactly what's going to happen to us on the judgment day. The more darkness you live in, that spotlight is really bright. (laughs) I mean, you know that stuff that you didn't want your parents to know about? Too bad. Those things you were saying about your boss? They're going to know that one too. Everything ultimately comes into the light. And believe it or not, that's good. Because otherwise, we are all walking around in the dark like the blind leading the blind. And if you don't believe that, look at the news. I mean, don't don't you ever wonder, what planet are we on? I mean, who are these crazy people? Why would anybody think of such a thing? But they do. What's even more frightening is, we do. Even those of us who call ourselves Christians. You see, if if we say that we have no sin, then the truth isn't in us. But if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. That is not a license. It doesn't say, "Oh, go out and sin some more and then just confess it to everybody. Oh yeah, and then go do it again." Oh. No. To confess it means to realize that you're broken. You need help. You need something that you're missing. It doesn't and to not sin, by the way, or to not keep sinning doesn't mean to never do anything wrong ever again. It means don't embrace it. Don't own it. I'll tell you one of the things that goes on in today's time, it really started with my generation. We're so great. Um, it is, I would say most of the people I marry live together now. I mean, and, you know, that's just a fact. I'd probably 80, 90% of the people I do weddings for are already living together. And I don't even ask what the other 10% are doing. I mean, what would be the point? And, and it's not, oh, oh, they're bad or something. It's that, why do you want to embrace what breaks you? See, it's not about brokenness. I mean, it's not about evil or, or somehow or other defiance. It's about the fact that no matter what anyone says, the statistics continuously show, they just had a new poll that came out. It still shows that people who live together before marriage have a much higher percentage of divorce rate than people who don't. Now, that doesn't mean everybody who lives together is going to, you know, be divorced. It doesn't mean everybody who lives together ought to get a big scarlet A painted on their forehead or something. If that's so, we'd have a lot of A's running around. What it means is that we have begun to buy into the logic of the world that it's okay for us to live by our own rules and to live in the darkness and to think that we can escape the consequences It's not that, oh, God's going to beat us up for it. It's that all of life has consequences. Choices make a difference. And when we do something, it matters. Now, does it ultimately matter for your salvation? Well, not everything would necessarily do that. But it could, couldn't it? I mean, if you do drugs one time, does that mean that ultimately for your salvation, you're, you're gone? No. But what happens if you're addicted to it then? You see the problem? And we pretend. We say things, oh, I can quit anytime I want to. And by drugs, I would include alcohol, by the way. I mean, I can do what I'm